Welcome to Estrepreneur, a podcast for entrepreneurs doing business and life God's way. Each week, we discuss biblical and practical tips to improve your mind, business, spirit, and finances. Listen along as I speak with special guests on how to thrive in all aspects of life. Hi, I'm Edna, a certified John Maxwell executive coach and trainer and founder of Favor and Wealth, where we help the good guys win. So tune in as we bring on the light. Well, hello, family. Good afternoon. Good morning. Good evening, wherever you're tuning in from. I'm so excited that you guys tuned in today to the Estepreneur podcast. I'm actually um, very thrilled and honored to have uh, our guest on the show today. Um, his name is Rusty Jordan. And before I um, kind of ask him some questions about himself, I kind of wanted to share with you um, how I met Rusty. And um, and actually, I met him when I was um, selling logistics at that time. And I remember I was uh, code calling in my territory. And um, his office, Rig Boss at that time, uh, was in my territory. And I was knocking on doors um, like a good old sales rep. Um, and I went around just knocking on doors. And I remember, um, Rusty, I don't know if you remember this, but I met a, your project manager. I believe his name is Steven. Is it Steven? Yep. Yep, oh my so. gosh, it's been a while. Um, yep. So I remember I walked in and he looked at me like, okay, who is this lady? <laughs> and, um, and I just introduced myself, what I did, and um, I was able to schedule a meeting and I eventually met Rusty and, um, and, and Steven and did a few bids for and projects for them and then eventually met his wife and even his kids and, and took them to um, football games and as well as I think um, baseball games yep, and I got to know him over the past uh, few years and I um, really um, just I have so much respect and I admire him so much for what he's done um, not only in the business but also in um, for God's work and so um, thank you Rusty for taking um, some time out of your busy schedule to come and speak with our listeners and our and um, and I'm gonna be asking you some questions and I hope that the listeners could find um, some wisdom nuggets that they can apply in their life today. So Rusty, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and um, kind of your, your background and just who you are um, as, you know, Rusty. <laughs> sure. Well, family uh, is a background. So my family uh, originally from Louisiana, but grew up in Houston and so oil industry. So third generation, so came out of high school, uh, went right on to the rigs in the Gulf of Alaska, three weeks after graduation from high school, and uh, worked my way very quickly through the rigs and went into rig manager training program, um, I guess within about a year. Mm. And so the drilling company took me on in a work study program. So I would um, work the rig for six months, different places around the world. The other six months, um, I'd go to school, uh, went to Stephen F. Austin, got a finance degree uh, with the idea to go to work for the drilling contractor as a rig manager uh, when I came out of uh, college. So while in college, uh, working um, mm -hmm. uh, six months out of the year on the rig, um, I was discipled, campus crusade for Christ on the campus. And so that started making a big impact learned how to share my faith, learn how to um, defend my faith, and so on. And by the time I got out of school, 
um, decided that uh, wanted to serve the Lord full time. And so I wrongly thought that, you know, uh, I could only do that full time with a uh, ministry or mission right. agency. And so uh, I quit the work in the oil industry and we joined Campus Crusade for Christ. Uh, and then Campus Crusade for Christ immediately took us and put us back in business because we were working uh, in a closed country um, uh, behind the Iron Curtain. And so that particular way that that went about was very key uh, in my life. So I said to the Lord, I'll serve you full time. And he goes, okay, I'll take you. Um, and then he put me back in work. Wow. So, so the whole time that I've been, I guess, in the work world, it's, you know, originally because we're serving. Hmm. So that set, um, I guess, things uh, in the correct order. And in Edna, that particular order, I think, has been really key, uh, you know, for things being balanced and, yes. uh, and so on. And the main thing there was, um, does my uh, work serve my call or do I serve my work? Right. That's so good. And so mm -hmm. that's a big question uh, for all of us, you know, today as we find ourselves, you know, um, in a profession, as we find ourselves, we're a believer, we find ourselves, you know, in these places, um, uh, you know, it comes down in scripture, says, you know, whose kingdom are we building? And to get that in the proper order, um, the Lord, you know, just started showing some things in my own life uh, to where I had some of that a little bit out of order. Yes. And so he, he uh, started doing some things to get my attention. And so he would buy me out of my work contracts um, every couple of years. And I kept thinking, okay, you're, you know, why are you doing this? You must need me to do something. Okay. And every time it was, no, I'm calling you to myself. Wow. And so it wasn't to do anything. Yeah. And so, um, so it was that process of really understanding, uh, you know, my view of, of God became bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And that he really wanted that time with us, with me. Yeah. And the more that I spent time with him, then his heart started being transferred. And then I could start seeing the world the way he saw the world. That's so, so then true. started approaching uh, work uh, differently. Yeah. And, you know, I, I really, I really, um, can agree with what you said as far as like knowing that your purpose, your very first purpose is to be with him. You know, the Bible even says that Jesus said, I am one with my father and I want you to be one with him as I am one with my father. And that and he did a lot of things for obviously the world, but that was his main thing was his relationship with God. Um, his father was the most important thing to him. And it's true what you said, how if you make the Lord be the number one thing, everything else will follow. And um, so tell us a little bit about your family. Um, and, you know, and then kind of we'll ask sure. a few more questions. So, yeah. uh, when I was in college, um, yeah. I met my wife, Karen. Uh, we actually met in Campus Crusade for Christ. Yeah. So we were actually discipled. Uh, um, together under the, the, the same program, uh, that was actually pretty key as we 
I came out of school and raised kids and got involved in church and so on. Mm-hmm. We had uh, pretty much the same foundation scripturally. Right. And so that was uh, very key. So I've been married to be 39 years uh, this December. Nice. Um, four kids. Um, my oldest is my uh, daughter. She's been married 11 years and has three boys. Wonderful. Then uh, uh, I've got three boys. My oldest, Luke, has got uh, one boy and twin girls. And then Evan, my middle son, is uh, 28. He's the only single one in the bunch. And, uh, he, he travels, Texas? He's in Texas, but um, he's the one who travels with me probably the most internationally. Oh, wow. Good. Uh, so we've had, you know, several of the foreign leaders um, yeah. trying to make arranged marriages in the different countries we work in. <laughs> so, yeah. I don't know if you like that. I don't know. I, so, had, I didn't like the fact that my parents would try to set me up with people. <laughs> no, no, they, they uh, he never likes that. But everywhere we go, um, they're still trying to set things up in the traditional manner where yeah. you marry families. And then my youngest uh, has been married uh, two years. Nice, nice. Six grandchildren, uh, four children, and uh, they have lived and worked with us around the world. We were based out of Scotland for a long time. Wow. And so the uh, two youngest were born in Aberdeen, Scotland. Wow. Ooh, that's nice. I've, I've never been to Aberdeen, but I've been to other parts. It's a great place. It's, beautiful it's place. one of the special places for the uh, oil field assignments. Okay. And so uh, it's always a highlight. To oh, be yeah, there. absolutely. Aberdeen. Yeah. Um, so, so tell us a little bit about, uh, well, let me kind of back up. I mean, you talked about, you know, it was key to have the right partner, you know, as far as your wife, how would you say having someone with the same, um, foundation as you, um, spiritually, um, helped with your business and a lot of the accomplishments that, um, that you were able to do, um, over the course of your, uh, That's a great question. Yeah. Well, um, you know, for most people, uh, most of life is just simply trying to keep the family going in one direction. Right. And uh, so if we do anything outside of that, it's just kind of a bonus. Yeah. So having us with the same uh, understanding of scripture and how scripture even applies you know, to our life every day, um, it made things immensely easier, you know, to tackle some of the things that uh, we had to tackle, you know, overseas and so yeah. on and so the the foundation and so so that was real important i mean being uh you know equally yoked yes. uh, obviously you know in a family but in a business um uh it allows you to continue on um and you know to keep uh the focus you know in sight and not have that you know divided among another interest right. and so it's very key uh, it's been part of the success yeah. Well, Rusty, tell us a little bit about your businesses um, and, and kind of what they do and some of the um, accomplishments or even hot projects that you're working on right now. Mm-hmm. Um, growing up, uh, my family, my father, um, uh, our area of expertise uh, is in motion compensation for floating drilling rigs. Okay. And so that's a big industry for people out there that have been around the industry. So you have uh, the rigs now, they float, uh, they uh, go around the world. That's where a lot of ma- your major discoveries are made offshore. Well, the, the vessel's motion uh, actually creates a disturbance when you're trying to drill. And so um, our family has a series of over 10 patents 
that uh, divided between uh, my father, my brother, and myself um, that are in motion control technology and floating production technology. And so we uh, had a business and sold that business uh, and sold uh, the intellectual property uh, to one of the oil field companies. Mm -hmm. So um, I have three patents. My, uh, my father has two, my brother has five. Wow. And so we use those as the basis uh, for the business. And so um, sold the business in 2001. And then uh, I ended up taking some time off. And then I was asked to, uh, uh, well, it was actually a very interesting transition. I had someone ask me uh, the same question you just asked me, who are you? What do you do? So I explained to someone what I just explained to you. Uh And then as soon as I completed that, I could hear a voice behind me and it was the Lord. And the Lord goes, I didn't say that. Okay, so, so it's like, okay, um, every time I would try to say who I was and what I did, the Lord would counter it. So then it's wow. like, okay, you know, so who am I? And he goes, uh, you know, you're who I made you to be. And so then this time of uh, really in, uh, the Lord setting my identity correctly. Yeah. Was the, uh, the second major thing uh, in my life and took me to a passage of scripture. And, uh, you know, in my life at the time, you know, we're working in different countries around the world. Um, uh, our own company, um, we have a base in Scotland, we have a base in Houston, and uh, we're doing pastor training. So I'm thinking that I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. And so, um, the Lord said something else to me. He goes, let me know when you're finished. Huh. It's like, that's not a good thing. to do. <laughs> oh, so, so back to quiet time, unsettled. Yeah. And I'm going, okay, so what is this? And uh, let me know when you're done. And so um, we had a grand opening for a new facility in Houston. We brought all of our people from around the world back to Houston. And I had been studying a passage in Deuteronomy and the Lord spoke to me out of that passage. Mm-hmm. Well, I read that passage uh, to my employees at the grand opening of our new facility, the one in wow. Houston that you had seen. Well, that passage was going to be the end of that company. And wow. literally what I was reading at the grand opening was would bring about the end of that. And for the Lord to show me, what he actually had in store. Wow. And so then that became um, a major transition and uh, a big learning time where the Lord says, I will give you whatever skill you need for what I want you to do. I don't want you uh, to see yourself, you know, uh, the way the world sees, sees you. And that particular passage uh, came out of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 11. Mm-hmm. In Deuteronomy chapter 11, you have Moses speaking to the nation of Israel. Yeah. And he, what he's saying to them, he says, the land you're going to possess is not like the land you came from. He said, the land you're going to possess, a land of hills and valleys, drinks this water from the rain of heaven, a land the Lord your God cares for. Okay. A, a land the Lord your God cares for. Well, the nation of Israel is coming from Egypt where they were slaves. So right. they sowed the seed by hand. 
They watered it by hand. They harvested yes. it by hand. Yes. Okay. So what he was talking about, he was talking about their identity. Okay. So uh, coming across the desert, the thing that the nation of Israel struggled with the most is who were they? Okay. God purchased them. Obviously, yes. that's always been a picture of us. Yes. So we're purchased out of slavery. And so the challenge is in that wilderness where he's removing all other distractions so they can get to know him. Okay? Right. They're still carrying the identity as a slave. Yeah. And so in that statement, in that passage from Moses, he's explaining to them that in this land they're going to, the Lord is the one who takes care of the land. And so they're not taking care of it. So then who That's are so they? Okay. Mm -hmm. So, uh, so with a lot of scriptures that uh, speak to that, First Peter chapter two verse nine, we're royal priesthood, we're holy yes. nation, we're set Show apart. Mm -hmm. Okay, mm -hmm. and so you know we have a kingly priestly anointing. Yeah. And so, so the Lord, the way it was working out, He goes, I don't want you to be consumed with uh, you know uh, this, doing this and doing this. He goes, I want to show you that I can do this for you. And I remember him saying, he said, you know, what you did in a year, you can do in a month. What you do in a month, right. you can do in a day. Okay. Okay. You know, I don't want you to spend all of this time, uh, you know, in this activity. He goes, I will show you how to do this. Yes. So, so then um, uh, at that time, I, I stepped into a whole new area and was asked to build a helicopter transportable rig. So something new. And so I stepped into a new area and the Lord started showing me uh, that he could bring to me the, whatever he, uh, the, the skill set for whatever that he wanted me to do. So that became a, a change in the way that I approached uh, business. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. I, I was just reminded of the scripture. I was actually meditating on it last night and I believe it was in Isaiah, but I'm not, I don't have really time to look, but it's about, can a nation be born in a day? You know, can, you know, things like that. God is really moving swiftly and there is acceleration. Um, the anointing of the, the, there is, God can do something. Things that are impossible for man is so possible for him. And um, you're just a prime example of, of what God can do um, if you obey and hearken to his voice. Um, so you, um, before, so those are some of the accomplishments. I know one of the things that you were talked about before was you also have some, um, um, another company called Government Critical Services. Can you tell us right. a bit about that as yeah. well and what We're some of the things that you're doing? The yeah. Go ahead. What happened is we're working in different countries. Yeah. Um, the structure of the country's ability to interface with the oil industry yeah. uh, became, became issues with countries. And so we started uh, working uh, for governments to help them reorganize uh, the government structure. Uh, for um, for the oil industry. So yeah. we started working in Africa. And so I've been working in Africa with a country there for almost six years. While I was there, um, I ended up uh, uh, meeting someone um, that uh, was struggling. I did not realize this person was a, uh, he was a prime minister of a country that had been escaping um, from that country and was hiding. And so taking care of someone uh, for six months, uh, I did not realize he was a prime minister of a neighboring country that was uh, uh, in exile. 
So uh, I was brought in by uh, that country and uh, we met and we were commissioned uh, to help uh, bring them out for the formation of a new country. And so they had won their case for statehood in the international courts, in their own country's courts. Um, and so then we had been hired uh, to uh, actually recreate uh, um, the infrastructure for government. Uh, they've got their constitution. Uh, so we're helping uh, set up uh, the new uh, economic structure, a country of over 8 million. And uh, so it's, uh, we've been in the project for about four years. And uh, so we just uh, entered a new phase. And so uh, within the next year, um, they'll come out, there'll be an announcement you know, for that country's uh, new creation and uh, the new structure for that country. Wow, I see. Just uh, so many, and I know we don't have time to go over all the things, but those are just some of the highlights, guys, of, of what um, the Lord has accomplished through Rusty. And I'm just um, excited again to just hear some more from him as far as his experience. Um, but I know you had mentioned that you actually uh, were, were part of the Campus Crusade for Christ. Is that where you met Jesus as well? Or were you a Christian or believer before? A little bit earlier. Uh, so I met, uh, uh, I joined Campus Crusade when I was in college. So yeah. 16 uh, with a, uh, a Bible study among high school kids on my street. So <laughs> where... Um, I uh, prayed Christ and had grown up um, reading the Bible. Um, and, but I had not been in a traditional church setting. My younger sister uh, was uh, mentally handicapped and uh, churches were not able, churches in our area were not able to accommodate her. And so as a family, um, we, uh, we didn't go uh, uh, to church traditionally. Yeah. And so that uh, was something that, was uh, was done at home, mm -hmm. and so uh, the Praetors of Christ at 16, and then um, literally right after my 18th birthday, going offshore, most of my growth spiritually was actually working on the rig. Wow. So was, it wasn't in a traditional setting, and so that's where, uh, for me, uh, most of the things that I learned about the Lord were in a work setting and not a uh, I guess what you call a traditional church setting. Yeah. And so it's a little bit different upbringing. That's interesting. I love that. And if you really also, if you think about it, I'm just reminded, you know, when Jesus um, was out, you know, most of his ministry wasn't in a church setting. It was out in the marketplace. It was actually out there talking to people in the streets. And so I believe also that this is a season where God is calling us, um, us as far as the body of Christ out there, you know, to go and share the gospel in the marketplace, in in the streets, right, and not just um, in a church, typical church setting, because um, that's I don't believe that's how Jesus intended it to be in the first place. I think we're supposed to be the light in the world and the city on the hill, right, the salt of the earth, and we have to stop being shy about. Jesus and what he's done in our lives because, um, you know, it's, it's a crucial time in the world. And obviously the, the world is looking for answers. And if we're silent and, um, 
cowardly, I guess, and not able to be vocal about, you know, the answer to all those things. Um, you know, we're, we're not doing our part. And I, I believe that, that um, and I, I forgot what scripture it was, but it was talking about that if God is telling you to say something and you don't do it, their blood is in your hands, you know, and that, you know, when I read that years ago, I, I mean, that changed my, you know, boldness and courage to be like, no, I'm not about to be responsible for those people's blood. So I went and, and, and I, and I boldly declare, you know, the, the gospel that not just the gospel, but the things that the Lord shared with me in the marketplace, even though no one really seemed to care at that point, but the Lord told me, it's like, it's not about them caring about you or what you have to say. It's your, your, your putting the seed out there and it's my responsibility as the Holy Spirit to speak to them, not me, you know, as Edna. So, um, right. You know, it's, it's, yeah, it's important for us to, to know how to do that. Yes. It's important for us to know the importance of the word. I mean, Hebrews four twelve says the word of God is living and active and sharpening two edged sword, yes. able to pierce the vision of soul and spirit, joint and marrow and able to judge the thoughts and intentions of the heart. Yes. God's word does that every time. So, yes. you know, when we're taking God's word out there yeah. uh, into um, the world, then it can have its effect that God intended on those people's lives. Right. But it's important that, you know, we get uh, trained and encouraged in that. And Campus Crusade did that. And then mm-hmm. in 1981, uh, I think I was a junior in college, um, I was invited to go on a, my first trip to actually um, share my faith. I learned in on campus with my fraternity. Yeah. And that was, uh, I was really, that was a real sense of mixed emotions when <laughs> I found out that they wanted, you know, they're obviously teaching me how to share my faith. Well, he wanted me to use the fraternity and I go, they did not join the fraternity for this. <laughs> and so. Oh my gosh, I can't imagine. But they, but, you know, I had to do that in order to stay in my discipleship group. And so I reluctantly made that available to my fraternity brothers, 72 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first time I offered it, there was silence. Uh, so I'm thinking that they would, they will not come to a Bible study. The very first Bible study that I had, I could not, I didn't have enough room. And so, uh, wow. so I was able to share, you know, with almost uh, all of them. And so that was a big teaching time, you know, for me. Yeah. And uh, so when I found myself in Southern Poland in 1981, mm-hmm. um, you know, we had the training. And so we were able, uh, you know, to deliver a message, you know, to a group of people that, uh, you know, it was important for them and, uh, you know, to hear. And so I was very grateful for the training that uh, I'd received, mm-hmm. um, you know, with Camps Crusade. So now, you know, we could be sent out. And so we're grateful for that. That's awesome, Rusty. That's awesome. I love that. Fraternity. Wow. That's, you know, that's when God called, see if you're obedient, right? And say, hey, you do this. Can you, can you do this? And then, and that's what I, little acts of obedience like that. That's when the Lord is seeing if he can trust you, right? To do what he's called you to do. And I believe, and, and for me personally, the more I obeyed in the little things, the more he kept, kept expanding my territory. He kept giving me more responsibility right. and more um, influence in certain arenas because of the obedience of, of being being able to he's able to trust me to do what he tells me to do without being afraid of what men think um so that's awesome 
Um, so can tell us, I know you mentioned earlier about your why, but can you just put in plain terms again, what is your why and why do you do what you do? Well, um, the, uh, the passage uh, in Second uh, uh, Corinthians 5, uh, I, I actually pulled it up so I could kind of read it. Uh, yeah. And so this is, uh, starts in uh, uh, verse 14. So this is Second Corinthians 5, uh, 14 and following. For the love of Christ controls us because we concluded this, that one has died for all, therefore all have died. And he died for all that those who might, uh, that we might live no longer for ourselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Mm -hmm. And it goes on, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Mm -hmm. And the old has passed away, behold, the new has come. And so really the, there in 14, <clears throat> you know, once I understood, you know, the, the, the depth of his love for, for me, yeah. uh, and, uh, you know, then that begun, begins to change the way you think about the world, the things you were just sharing there uh, with yourself. And so, um, so then uh, it became, uh, you were compelled. And so the more I've understood about the process of my walk with the Lord, you know, the Father uh, you know, in us is conforming us to the image of Christ. And so in God's heart, he wants to fashion his heart in us. Yeah. Okay? And so the more that uh, his heart is evident, resident, and active in our life, Edna, one of the most powerful things is you'll start to see barriers removed. Okay. Right. So as his love is expanded, then the barriers that we see in life begin to remove. He will literally begin to remove barriers. We'll, uh, we'll move into different countries. <clears throat> We've been in over 90 countries. That's amazing. Uh, uh, John chapter four uh, is where we see Jesus with a woman at the well. Yeah. In John chapter four, uh, there are more barriers listed there uh, that, that man has to deal with geographic barriers, religious barriers, cultural barriers, so physical barriers, and he transcends them all in that. And that's really what he wants to accomplish with us. So the more that we allow him uh, to, I guess, give us a heart of flesh uh, to fashion his heart in us, we're going to see our world change. We'll see yeah. the access to places um, that we didn't have access to. Yeah. And see opportunities that we didn't see before. Yeah, that's so good, Rusty. Um, so, okay, so we talked about a lot of your successes. Let's talk about your challenges that you face. Let's talk about, let's just pick one. What would be the biggest challenge that you face as an entrepreneur or, or as a, uh, or just working in, in, in your industry and how did you overcome it? <laughs> For me, um, the Lord has never given me the luxury of kind of to do the same thing twice. So I cannot get comfortable doing something. That's right. Oh, so, um, so whenever he's calling me to something, um, he's bringing me in a lot of times to something new yeah. as, a, as a problem solver. <laughs> and so, uh, to be, you know, obviously we, we like being prepared. We like, uh, knowing, yes. but the Lord says, no, I'm going to give you these things but you've got to take those steps first. 
And so, um, so that, uh, I wouldn't have planned it that way. Um, so, so that, you know, so stepping out uh, and, and to walk in the things that he's called me to yeah. is something that um, there's absolutely no way I can do this in my own power. And so, so there's that anxiousness every time, you know, you get uh, an assignment. And so having to settle uh, with the fact that, you know, he is doing that, but, you know, you know, his power available to me comes only when I start walking. That's right. So then I walk in that. Say so that I'm again, Rusty. Say it again, because that's important. Say it one more time. His power. Well, his power <laughs> yes. only comes when I take those steps. Yeah. And so that we, we understand that is faith. Okay. Yes. So faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Yes. Once I understand and he speaks that into me. Yes. And it becomes, you know, life, you know, that faith starts to happen once I start to take action and move toward that. Yes. And so that's the difference because, you know, we can all learn, <clears throat> learn something and continue to do it. Yeah. But in Christ, so, you know, uh, you know, the Lord has a plan. Okay. Mm -hmm. And so it says the mind of man plans his way, but the Lord directs his steps. Yes. And so, to accomplish what God uh, wants us to do, most likely <clears throat> is not going to be with our own uh, gifts, mm -hmm. with this power. Yes. And so learning to walk in that. So what's interesting is um, my children now work with me. Wow. And so it's seeing them walk in this and it just blows me away wow. uh, to see them. You know, we're working with uh, uh, different leaders of different countries. Yeah. Um, and to, to see the, uh, the um, you know, how the, the Lord is working in their lives in ways that uh, it's just, you know, beyond us. So you want them to have your shoulders, you know, to yep. uh, work off of going forward. So that's been um, something that is so exciting and very satisfying, uh, you know, for us to see is now that they're involved, they're learning how to walk the same way. Wow. Uh, you know, they're young, they don't have um, uh, a lot of experience to draw from, but we see this tremendous amount of wisdom Yeah. Uh, where my two, two of my boys uh, are advisors, you know, to heads of state in other countries. Wow. And so. Uh, That's impressive. Yeah, you know, so, I'm reminded by that script, you know, train up a child in the way he should go. And when he gets old, he will not depart from it. So obviously they, uh, they're, I really believe, and that's why I believe, um, you know, the family unit is so important um, with what's going on in society is we have, we as parents, as well as who, if you don't have, you know, parents or uncles or aunts or whoever is, you know, that who's an authority figure over you, how we have to be responsible and teach the ways of God and teach, you know, give wisdom to the next generation. I'm a, I'm a, big proponent when it comes to it's like what you said having your shoulders for the next generation to stand on because i think that's what's missing a lot of times um in the world today is we're so focused on the next accomplishment or expansion or money or whatever it is that we forget that you know our ultimate job is to create a better place for the next generation coming in you know, it's not supposed to be harder on them. But then I, you know, I mentor a lot of um, high school students, young women. And one of the things that I hear statistics from schools is that there's a lot of, uh, there's a higher rate of suicide for young people nowadays because they're losing hope and they're just looking at the world and they don't, you know, a lot of them can't find jobs and there's so many things and they're looking for answers. And we 
have a responsibility to um, equip them and prepare them, you know, that there is an answer. And it's not just Jesus, but obviously the, his ways, you know, is knowing God is one thing, but knowing his ways, knowing the principles in the word of God that will help you maneuver through the challenges at, at, of life and opportunities and whatever it is that you face, because obviously life is hard. Rusty, you and I know that, you know, <laughs> you can't prevent challenges. I wish we could say, hey, when you're a Christian, your life is going to be easy, peaches and cream. No, it's not. You know, it's that's not the case. You know, the Bible even says that there will be trials and tribulations, but to count it all joy, right? And so speaking of that, um, let's go ahead and talk about, you know, biblical principles. Um, so how can you give us an example of how you incorporate biblical principles in your business and how um, it affects how I guess how it helped you produce the results of your business. Well, you know, it's uh, it goes back to uh, you know the the kingdom building in a sense, and so uh, understanding that the world that we live in, um, you know, it's uh, it's uh, since you know serving a different king in a sense, yeah. and so so the the challenges that we face is the clash of these two kingdoms. So as I go out and practically set on course what I'm going to be doing, I have to recognize that um, there's going to be a clash of of kingdoms. And so uh, in the course of doing what you and I would look at is business. And so, you know, what does that, what does that look like? And so um, uh, what's interesting is uh, in other countries um, where, uh, these countries are serving a completely different faith. Mm. Uh, uh, There's an assault on God's word. And so knowing God's word allows us, you know, to have a firm foundation to stand on. And so what happens is these encounters, um, uh, it's not a business encounter. It's literally uh, a kingdom encounter. Okay. So so what happens is, there's going to be a kingdom rule established. And so um, I've been, uh, uh, I was at a Muslim wedding in Africa and uh, I'm invited into the mosque, which they, you know, that's not normal, but I'm a guest and and so on. And uh, so the, um, the emir, the, the head cleric, he knew in the spirit that I had the answers, you know, for a lot of the issues that are going on in the economy. Wow. So when he walked in, he immediately says, so you're the one bringing these answers. I says, that's correct. Wow. And so then what happens, <laughs> he gives me access because he knows that I have that. He's, you know, he saw that. And so, so business takes place uh, now in, uh, an, it's a kingdom expansion. Yeah. So there's a struggle among uh, kingdoms. Yeah. And um, we, we just got back from, uh, from Papua New Guinea. Mm-hmm. And we're working for the landowners there. And immediately as we got on, gra- on the ground, you know, we could see, um, you know, there was, uh, there was fear uh, toward us because they could see something and they immediately knew, they said, you know, you know, you're actually coming to take back ground. I didn't say anything. We're just showing up, you know, in our capacity. And so, so, so so now when we go out, 
um, you know, we recognize there's principalities, there's powers. Um, Jesus is coming back for nations. Yeah. Okay. And it says to make disciples of nations. Yes. Okay. And so, so we're realizing the interaction there is, is on that level. And the, the country that we're working with for the formation, um, you know, uh, it came out of the fact of us speaking, uh, you know, you know, into their situation, speaking life into their situation yes. and yes. the founding and the founding documents. And so for us to prepare is, uh, is, is, is really, um, uh, you know, walking out the kingdom in the daily exercise. And that's probably one of the most interesting things, you know, uh, so the Lord has had me start writing about that because you know, um, in a short program like this, everybody just kind of like, what does that look like? Right. So, so um, I've got uh, two books that uh, you that okay. you know will help to explain, you know, how this how, how that happens because this is really, really what we're called to do. So, in the context of business, and you know, we have uh, you know you, you've got uh, exploration for hydrocarbons. You know, you've got remediation projects. In the course of those, how does the, do these do these things expand? Right. And so that'd be you know something you want to follow up later. But that is how we prepare. That's the main challenges um, that uh, that uh, we have to face. Uh, one of the other things that it's a it's never said. Um, it's just back there, and it's uh, you know the preservation of life. Okay, you know we. Uh, we step back from different things and we think that's a threat to us or our family. Yeah. And so some of the places that we have to go to, um, there's challenges, you know, for that. Yeah. And so I don't want to do something stupid. I've got a family. Right. Uh, so, um, uh, so, you know, it says in scripture, those who try to keep their life will lose it. And those who want to give their life will get it back. Yeah. And so I found out that, you know, the fear of that, of, you know, fear of death actually constrains people more than they think. We make a lot of decisions. And so being able to travel and understanding um, that, uh, you know, is, is very key. And this is something, you know, that my wife and I have been able to develop and actually uh, write out and explain. And so, uh, so are these books available right now or you guys are working? No, on no, they're, we're, I'm in the process of okay, writing. That's awesome. So anyway, um, uh, so hopefully by the end of the year, by, I think by Thanksgiving, you know, I hope I'll have them all finished. And that's so, amazing, Russ. And, and that's, yeah, no, I, I love that because, you know, it's like what you said, there's no way you can, and I'm sure even one or two books won't cover everything you've learned. You know, it's something that is, it's especially cause you're, I know the Lord is, He's a now God, right? He's always ever present. He'll always giving you creative strategies, new things. And, and that's what I love about him. He's a, just an abundance of, of wisdom. And so um, definitely would like to share, you know, your books um, to our, to our, um, our audience um, whenever it's ready. Um, can you share um, just real quickly one wisdom nugget that you um that you can give to struggling entrepreneurs right now, sure. you know, for those who are entrepreneurs, um, I've been doing, I think mine is six years, but I know there's plenty of, uh, even if you're six years, 10 or 15 years, there are some struggles. What is that one wisdom nugget that you could share to help us overcome some of the challenges? Well, 
the thing that changed me more than anything else was um, the fact that um, the Lord was jealous about my time. Ooh. Okay. Mm-hmm. So we all think, well, we have to work. Right. I guarantee you, Edna, God is jealous about that time. That's right. Okay. That's and so right. the first time this ever happened to me, he literally bought me out of my employment contract. Okay. So, so I show up at this place, I get a paycheck every Friday. And so the owner came back and bought my interest out and wow. basically my paycheck went on for several years. And so Lord, you know, it was, I, asked, I said, help me understand what you just did okay. and I'm from Houston, Roger Clements, you know, he's a popular uh, baseball pitcher. Well, if you want uh, Roger Clements to pitch for you, you pay him $22 million a year. Well, if you pay him $22 million a year and bring him to the house, you can drink coffee if you want to. I mean, for that, he goes with you. So the Lord was saying, I bought out your contract. You don't have to go here anymore. I want you to come to me. That's amazing. Okay. Every six or seven years, he would buy me out of my contract. And it was, and it's like, not, I'm not asking you to do anything. I just want you to be with me. So when I was with him, so then everything developed. Okay. I didn't have to go pursue it. I, I couldn't presume to know where to work. And so I've learned to stay in that place. Yes. And so, because he would continue to do it. He would continue to buy me out of my contract mm-hmm. and then he would call me back to himself. Okay. So from that place, um, I have more skill sets. I have more to offer. I have more to share uh, from that place. Uh, I have better understanding from that place. And so then that's where we stay. And so my week looks, what it looks like is, you know, I have a series of uh, prayer teams that are made up of my employees and then other outside people. Yeah. And literally that is the whole week. Wow. Okay. We go from one to another. We just finished another one last night. Mm-hmm. And so from that, um, we simply uh, want to develop that intimacy. And then, then what happens is then our skill sets explode. Yeah. And then, then we're walking in what he prepared and not what I prepared. That's right. And so yeah. you know, staying in that place and, um, you know, allowing, um, somebody said, uh, I, I put it in my quiet time notebook and where I can open it and see it all the time. It says yeah. intimacy is our currency. Mm. Oh, but you're saying so many, so much wisdom nuggets. I think feel like someone should be like, tw- you know, tweeting all of these things. That's so good. That's, that's where we need to be. Intimacy yeah. is currency so that we good. can use to purchase the things that God's asked us for going forward. Yeah. Oh man, that's so good. I, I, I really, you know, and it's, you know, it comes down to also, you know, you, you said something about you building something versus God building it. And in the Bible even says that unless the board, does the board, unless the Lord builds it, you will labor in vain, you know? And, and I really believe that if we're looking as entrepreneurs for you guys who are listening, if you're looking for something that's sustainable and that will last through time, um, it's you make sure that the Lord is, 
is in it, right? <laughs> Trying to build something that the Lord is in it, is not in it, will waste your time and tears and resources and everything because I truly believe that it's kind of like what you said, when God is the one who tells you to do it, the favor of the Lord just overtakes you. His grace sustains you. And, um, and he'll just, he'll open doors that no man can shut. Um, I know time is um, ticking, so let me just go ahead and go to the next thing. Can you tell us your personal mantra, Rusty? Well, it's, it's, it's basically to, uh, to, to be still and, you know, to allow that intimacy uh, to develop. And so um, it centers, you know, centers around, around that, you know, and so yeah. just what I said there. So that is the founding, you know, that's the, 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 the rock in terms of, you know, my life is yeah. to, because uh, it's, you know, it is the love of Christ that does, you know, uh, compel. Yeah. And so uh, that's where I stay. And so that's the place that we operate from. And then we've been able to um, literally, literally disciple our children in that, you know, and to watch them make their own choices after they get out of school. Yeah. And then, it's, you know, they, they come back, you know, to us and says, no, we want to walk the same way. And so then I told Karen, I said, you know, we can kind of go home now. I said, you know, if your kids, you know, are walking the right way, you know, um, good you know, job. <laughs> yeah, that's it. So well done. You know, that's awesome. well done. Anything else is just extra. That's right. And so but the mantra is just really uh, realize that intimacy because in that intimacy, your identity is going to be made clear. If there's anything that I see with believers is they're very unclear in their identity. Mm. And so if you, in this particular place, I mean, our identity, you know, is defined by him now. Okay. Because once we become a believer, then eternity begins at that point. Okay. And so, so we're, you know, we're made with a purpose. Yeah. And so uh, those are, that would be the, the mantra, you know, everything that I communicate to people that both work for me and around is going back and helping to establish and settle their identity. Yeah. Uh, so often, just like the nation of Israel, okay, here they're coming across the desert. Um, you know, it's a tough story because yeah. most of them did not get it. Yes. And so what happens when your identity is not set, you follow man. Yes. Okay, because they're going across the desert, okay, they either can follow the Lord, the cloud by day, the fire by night, yeah. Moses, which you're, as you're looking forward, you, you know, they could be following this guy. Yeah. And so Moses didn't go to the promised land. Yeah. And so if you're willing to come forward, you know, to follow the Lord, you know, to allow him into your life, then your identity changes, but they struggled yeah. with their identity coming yeah. out of slavery. And yeah. that was uh, a major struggle for the yeah. first generation of the nation of Israel. And I think for a lot of believers, you know, all of us, you know, if we don't, if we're, if we don't have that intimacy with the Lord, our identity will be based on what society calls us or even what we place on us sometimes because of our own personal experience even. Um, so that's, um, thank you for sharing that. Now, um, if people are interested in connecting with you or, you know, if, anyway, whether working with you, hiring you, or even just going to a Bible study, I don't know if you guys yeah. offer Bible studies, like how can they get, how can they get in touch with you? Um, I've, I've given you the, uh, my email address yeah. and, um, so you can post uh, that in the bottom, yeah. uh, there and they can contact me mm -hmm. and, 
um, you know, we, we, uh, you know, we teach this to our employees, but Lord, you know, wanted me to, uh, you know, to start uh, writing about this. And so, um, so now, you know, we're starting to put, put it down. It's an important message yeah. right now. And so uh, we want to get that out. So we would welcome anyone who would want to contact us. That's great, Rusty. And then lastly, can you pray for our listeners right now? Yeah. Um, and, um, and whoever, whatever the Lord puts in your heart, and then we can um, go ahead and end yeah. our show. Go ahead. Good. Father, we come to you and we just thank you, Lord, for being able uh, to have a forum in a place where we can assemble yes. and we uh, can uh, look at your word and Lord, we can, uh, we can share uh, our life. Uh, and Lord, I think we, we don't understand the power of our testimony. And Lord, your word tells us uh, that uh, it's probably one of the most powerful things to defeat the enemy um, is the, your blood and our testimony. And so, Father, we thank you for the opportunity uh, to share our lives with one another because we, we become encouraged, Lord, when we see other people's lives and your work in them. And so, Lord, you have uh, designed it where we need one another to complete what is lacking in each other, Lord. And so we thank you for this forum uh, to be able to come together. And Lord, we thank you for those that are participating and even hearing this. And Lord, I pray for those uh, that are listening today, Lord, that this would be a, a new day, Lord, um, in their relationship with you, that there would be a freshness, uh, there would be a newness uh, to, to that relationship, Lord. And Lord, that they would uh, just uh, wake up every day with that expectation uh, to be with you, just like you're waiting on them, Lord. And Father, you have so many wonderful things for us every single day. And so, Lord, I just uh, just pray, Lord, that that everyone would step away from this with uh, an encouragement uh, to to seek you, to seek your face. And your word encourages us, Lord, that uh, you meet us, Lord, uh, in those places. And so, Father, I thank you for the time. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you've given us uh, your Holy Spirit to give us insight, understanding, and to see you clearly and to see your word. Father, we thank you for our time. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, Rusty, it's been a pleasure to have you. Um, and, um, you know, guys, thank you for tuning in. Um, to the Estrepreneur podcast. I'm really looking forward um, to the lineup of guests that we have um, for this season. And I know God's doing some amazing things in the world today, whether we know it or not. So thank you for joining in. Keep shining okay. out there. Keep being the light, Rusty. I appreciate you. I honor you. I respect you. And, um, you know, we're, we're looking forward to hearing more about your books in the future. So thanks, great to be there. Bye -bye. Great. Thanks, Rusty. Take care. All right. Have a good one. Bye. Thanks for joining us this week on Estepreneur. Make sure to visit our website, favorandwealth.com, for more information on our services. While you're at it, if you found value in this show, we'd appreciate a rating on iTunes, or if you simply tell a friend about the show, that would help me out too. Also, check out my book, The Ugly Side of Sales, available on Amazon, where I share seven of my secrets on how to win and grow business the right way. Until next time, keep shining. Keep shining.